Hello and welcome back to the Happy People podcast, episode 8 of series 2. Well, it's not really episode 8 of series 2, it's just episode 8, but we're into series 2. Um, hope you enjoyed last week um, with Mrs Walsh and we're talking about walking and the introduction of my very popular... I must say, Miss Clark, Thanks, very popular guys. co-host. Like the feedback I've had has mainly been about you. <laughs> Sorry. So we're going to get to know a little bit more for you, really. Um, so we're going to go straight into these sort of questions, really. Top biscuit, favorite biscuit. I love a nice biscuit. It is honestly my favorite. I know it's controversial, but I love a nice biscuit. Nice biscuit. Are you are you a dunker with the nice biscuits? Obviously, I'm a dunker. Yeah, of course. Chucking it in my tea every okay. time. Okay. Uh, tea or coffee? Tea or tea. coffee? Hands down, tea kind of girl. Tea, Coke. Builders. And Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Definitely Coke. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, McDonald's or Burger King? Or McDonald's. I don't like a Burger King. McDonald's every time. Okay. Next one's going to be a big one. Nando's or Wagamama? Oh, you can't make me pick. Uh, Nando's, I think. Yeah, Nando's. Nando's. Okay, good choice. Um, so we 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 sort of the, the time of recording. We're not too far away from the students coming back. Are you looking forward to seeing everyone again? Obviously, it's been quite a few weeks. It's actually we worked this out, Miss Field and I, the other day. It's longer than sort of the summer to, summer holidays. Yeah, really, it's been ages, are you looking forward to having everyone back in school and seeing students? Do you know? I really am. I can't. I can't wait to see people. At the end of all my live lessons at the moment, I'm like, see you all very soon. So I think I'm. I'm gonna be like a proud little mama when they all walk back in the door. So I can't wait. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, well, hopefully our guests for today are going to uh, be looking forward to sort of what's coming around the corner. And um, we've got two guests today, and they're very. They work very well with each other. Um, sort of away from school. Um, so we're going to be talking to uh, Mr. Smith. And also to Mr. Murray, uh, completely different guest from what we've spoken to um, previously. So it would be very interesting to hear what they've got to say because they're all about running. Um, know much about any of them, Mrs. Well, Ms. Clark? Well, me and Mr. Murray are obviously in the same department, so we know each other quite well. Um, and me and Mr. Smith, we've been on PGLs together. So I know a little bit, but I'm, I'm interested to learn a bit more. Fantastic. Okay, well, let's go and see what our guests for this week, Mr. Smith and Mr. Murray, have to offer us. So, after we're looking at now like 56 minutes into re- recording with, with a technical teacher, as well as uh, Mr. Smith <laughs> in there, we're actually, hopefully, recording something. So, welcome to the Happy People podcast, Mr. Smith and Mr. Murray. Welcome. Thank you very much. Good evening. <laughs> Um, so hopefully you've listened to um, some of the podcasts so generally it is just a bit of a chat um, sort of getting to know you a little bit more the whole point is that the listeners get to know you and a bit of your background within sport but also what you're up to at the moment because both of you are very sporty and what's been really good about this particular podcast is getting to know people who are not just PE teachers um, and actually seeing what you do because there's a lot of teachers in the school who do so many amazing things um, that some of the students probably don't know a lot about so we're going to delve a little bit into um into sort of your past with things really um but first monday students are back how are we feeling about that we're looking forward to getting people actually back in the school very excited 
as you can tell, I love working with a computer, <laughs> spending <laughs> my entire day staring at a screen. Brilliant. Well, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be different, but um, I think we're all looking forward to having a little bit more f- sort of face to face interaction, which is yeah. obviously what we're all uh, so we'll be missing really. And um, so we're going to go back in time. So I want you to put your sort of thinking caps on, and obviously I asked you a couple of questions prior to this. Uh, we'll start with you, Mr. Smith, taking you all the way back to the northeast, and what was P like for you? growing up in the northeast any fond memories that you've got first memory about pe in the northeast quite simply is cold mm. <laughs> um all weathers no matter what outside um but no i yeah I, uh, I really enjoyed pe lessons at school i think i've described my pe teacher as an absolute legend an old school legend he was as oh, traditional as they came and uh Go back to many a half-time team talk. He was a bit of an old-school legend at a team talk. Um, I can remember one cold January morning sitting around in a horseshoe at half-time, and he's trying to cheer us up a little bit at half-time. We're getting hammered as usual at footy. He started, ba- I'll never forget this, he started banging on about the four S's in football. Well, that was half the lads confused straight away counting the S's in football on their fingers but what he he went on and he started talking about strength stamina subtleness and speed and he pointed at me and said or in his case three (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no he he was good as gold um so really enjoyed that I ended up playing cricket with him at the same cricket club as well I remember being uh, looking at the PE notice board one one lunchtime looking at cricket teams uh, and he said uh yeah, come here. I want the word. And um, I said, well, "What is it?" He says, "I'm just, I'm just checking the team." He says, "There's a new team. I want you to put together. I want you to go out at lunchtime and pick a team of twelve players." I says, "All right. What, what, what is it?" He says, "Come here." And uh, went into in, into his office and he, he had the team sheet, an empty team sheet ready. And he said, "I said, what's the sport? I can't pick a team if I don't know what I'm picking a team for." And he said, "Croquet." I said, "What? Croquet?" He said, "Yeah, croquet." He says, I want you to go and pick a doubles team for croquet. You need 12 players. I said, I, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to find 12 players to go and play croquet, sir. And ultimately, he said, no, no, I've got faith. You're going to get an Adidas kit, brand new, that you can keep. You're going to be sponsored by LucasAid Sport. I says, I still don't seem to find 12 players to go and play croquet. He says, and you're going to get six Wednesdays off school to go and learn how to play croquet. I says, give us 10 minutes. Off you go, off you go. (laughs) (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. One of those things, in all honesty, the North East isn't really known for croquet. So what was his rationale and his thinking behind this croquet experience? Was it, (laughs) I I don't think anyone, I don't even know if there is a school croquet league. (laughs) Is there a croquet league? Unless you're potentially upper class or living in France. (laughs) How did you like did you get taught the rules or were you just like sent out there with the little buttons and like a couple of stick or posts or whatever they are and then just whacking the balls around the place well we uh, we got these six wednesdays off school we got taken up to newcastle university sports ground and we were trained on what the rules were and how to play uh, and things like that and then we got to this tournament and we got introduced as the last team there and they kind of um took us a bit lightly really uh, that's what we felt anyway and uh, 
both because it was a doubles tournament and, and all the teams we played against, both pairs, both parts of the pair in the doubles were aiming for the hoop themselves. But we weren't playing like that. One of us was playing for the for the hoop, whilst the other one was just making sure that the other balls were not seven miles away from the from the hoop so that they couldn't score two per hoop. Basically um, playing golf. By playing that way. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we ended up winning. Ah. The big question that I've got for you, Mr. Smith, is have you still got any equipment to still play croquet? And are you still playing croquet secretly in in Hertfordshire in the garden? (laughs) Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) What a shame. (laughs) What a shame. Well, um, thank you. (laughs) Very interesting. That's not where I thought this was going to be going, in all honesty, and especially some northeast croqueting if that's the verb for it um mr murray what what were your experiences like are you going to turn around and start saying that you played polo and you or you played some (laughs) he had a go um no i i went to one of the posh schools that he's talking about um in the northeast in durham right in the middle and, and and i do actually remember a croquet set set up on the big central piece of grass called master's green which you would have to walk on uh, at one point but that's a little bit different there was a reason for that that's because you were in durham but yeah that was quite it's quite a different experience of sport in that sense but again it was we had quite good facilities but it is durham and it's freezing cold um most of the time uh, our rugby pitches were high up and sort of above the school, we went up about probably about half a mile walk, and it was they were, they were quite high up and exposed. And we got our sport mainly all Wednesday afternoon. So you sort of finish sport around about sort of half four, five-ish or something like that. So you got a really thorough afternoon um, at whatever you did. And essentially, they never got cancelled. You never ever had a sports lesson that didn't take place. And the more appalling the weather that just more likely it was that you'd be going on a cross-country run, really. So uh-huh. if if the sports pitches was, were too frozen for rugby, which was rare because, you know, levels of frozenness, who cares about that, really? Um, if they were too frozen, you would go on a cross-country run. Uh, so so we, we were always out in all weathers and, and it was cricket and rugby were the only two sort of main games. Um, no football, never saw football at all throughout my school uh, time at all um really? yeah but we could do lots of things we had sort of sports halls and all that sort of thing and we had prep every night so you had two hours sat in a hall with the sixth formers you know keeping an eye on you but if you're up to date on your homework you could sign out of that and you could just go off to the sports facilities on your own and or with a friend and do something so i'd often go out and play squash quite a lot or you could go to the music rooms and, and and crack on with guitar or something like that so I spent a lot of time playing squash and what have you um instead of sitting and doing my homework but uh, I just I just got it done done beforehand and spent spent the rest of the time doing something else but yeah very good Re- really did enjoy it actually I think my you said to think of an overriding memory and the best memory I could think of was quite funny when I was about uh, 12 I think it was I was on a rugby pitch freezing absolutely freezing in shorts and a, a hoop t-shirt absolutely appalling and i took the opportunity at one point i ended up at the bottom i was i was a, a hooker a flanker or a fullback and i was a bit of a, i was a fullback because i was nuts and i would always tackle whoever was running towards me 
I, I did that once and got flattened. Oh. And I took the opportunity to fake a sprained ankle. I thought, that's the only way I'm getting out of this. And uh, which turned out to be a bad decision in the end. So I obviously faked it so well that I got carried down to the school hospital. We had our own hospital. So Sorry, I got carried down there. Hogwarts, Mr. Murray. Like, what? <laughs> it's not far off. I uh, thought my school was... Obviously, we've spoke about this. Um, I think was it a couple of couple of episodes ago with regards to having no grass and it was concrete. But I thought my school was top of the range because we had a swimming pool. You've completely and utterly trumped <laughs> all of us. Uh, we had a hospital. <laughs> Next thing really you say, you had an air flight car- har- carrier with a load of helicopters <laughs> and a load of air- <laughs> aeroplanes. <laughs> we did have a rifle range and a swimming pool. No. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? Surely. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Carry on, sorry. Well, the best thing about this, that we called it the San, the sanatorium, whatever. But you, whatever, whatever was wrong with you, whatever was wrong with you ever, if you went there, you always got a handful of strepsils out of a massive jar. You always got strepsils. So literally, you'd go there for anything. So I turned up thinking the worst that's going to happen is I'm going to get, going to get a bit of a check over, a handful of strepsils, and then I'm off to prep. Nevertheless, that didn't happen. So I got um, obviously taken down and it's one of those cases of getting in too deep. So I had to keep faking the, 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 the sore leg, which again, I did reasonably well. And then ended up in A&E with Matron for five hours, which was, a, which was terrible. And, uh, <laughs> so 12 year old kid in A&E with Matron in Durham. Obviously you think it's not over then, is it? Because then you come back to school um, you, it's, late, it's fairly late at night and then obviously I had to fake a slowly getting better ankle for the next week so that nobody actually discovered that I'd completely uh, faked the entire lot so I resolved after that not to bother I'd just get on and do the sport after that. The question <laughs> is though Mr Murray did you still get the strepsils? I didn't and that, that was oh, a bad thing no strepsils. I just still can't get my head around this whole we had a hospital at school I'm just... Casually, did you throw that in as well? I just had a well, you know, <laughs> when you live in the dream, begs the question what else was there that you can sort of did you have a spells and magic room? <laughs> so this just all explains why his school wasn't very popular with mine. <laughs> mm, I, I can, think I can tell now. Yeah, yeah. It takes <laughs> that takes rivalries between you both, like. Yeah. Attention. <laughs> Takes rivalries to a whole other level, doesn't it? Absolutely. So let's sort of now move more into sort of the future side of things and sort of the current, really. Um, you're both fantastic, passionate runners. But this is not sort of what we've been talking about recently on the podcast with regards to going to do a five kilometre or a 10 kilometre run and even um, sort of the long, more long distance to an extent. I know Mr. Brown obviously has done the marathon, the, the, the virtual marathon, and he does go for long distance, 15 kilometres, sort of around that 20 kilometre runs. You go on something that goes beyond. And I don't know what the correct term is. Is it ultra marathons? What are they? Do you Could you, one of you sort of explain what you do you do because it is crazy when you we've had these discussions of what you do to <laughs> to put it into sort of some form of like wow that's I a long distance madness personally but i'm sure you've got other terms for it 
Well, I'm, I'm sure the ultramarathons are actually Dave's idea, um, if, if, if we're perfectly honest. I've always done some loony, loony things, but I remember the first... That's uh, right, blame me. Yeah, I'm going to as well. Yeah, because I, I, I distinctly remember sort of those those chats you have, you know, in the Saffron and about about uh, sporting events and so on. I'm sure David said that oh, he always fancied doing a doing the wall or something like this. He had he had some names of some runs which I'd never never heard of before because obviously he was finishing Newcastle, which is his neck of the woods. Mm. And uh, I remember a conversation about oh, you know, maybe we should do the wall or something. And I obviously. I just said, yeah, I'll come run in with you. I'm fine with that. It's not a problem. No idea at all what that was and what that might entail. And looked into it a little bit and it turned out it was 69 miles over Hadrian's Wall. Um, no. Started in beautiful Carlisle and, and ending in Newcastle. And, <laughs> and then think, well, you know, it's not really going to happen, is it? I remember being in, in H4, funnily, and, and I'd, we, Dave came in and we sort of brought it up on the internet so have a look and the booking form was there and we started filling in the booking form not really thinking we'd actually do it and then the card came out and you know booked it before you know it we'd booked into it and that was it really there was no going back so it was so to put that into it for, so for some listeners who might not have a sort of clue really location wise so hadrian's wall runs across the top of the the north of the country carlisle is sort of top northwest nearing towards the border of scotland and hadrian's wall runs right across to the northeast into newcastle now that stretch of land correct me if i'm wrong mr smith because i know you're the geography teacher that is not flat and when i've driven across the a66 and when you're driving across going from one side of the country to the other it is high and it is hilly so 69 miles is not a nice flat run of a 69 mile down the a1m we're talking quite treacherous rocky, t- rocky terrain yeah that's, that's absolutely right actually um it, it does go up and down a lot um quite a bit and there's quite a lot of road running on it as well so they've they they did smooth it out a bit but no certainly it's it's up and over fields and over styles and down and 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 so on the whole thing and there, there are sort of regular s- stops for you to sort of refresh and 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 get some food and what have you as you go because obviously and the best they, coffee in the world so you've got absolutely after 40 or 44 miles you get to a feeding station any coffee tastes great <laughs> so to put it into perspective the fact that you've just said you stop for food you stop for coffee 69 miles how long are you talking about running the wall um, you get a time limit to complete the wall i think it's 25 hours from start to finish yeah, uh, before they kind of say that's it, time's up and you're you're done. So it, it is non-stop, pretty much over an entire day and night. That is mad. That yeah. is crazy. I didn't realise it was that long. <laughs> so so to put a well, two questions that come to mind. One, and this goes to Mr. Smith. Why? <laughs> that's all I'm thinking. Right. Why? Because <laughs> you can see the Hadrian's Wall quite nicely from the seat of your car. As you drive across <laughs> the very cold, windy uh, top of the uh, the country, and um, so firstly, what sort of what spurs you on for it? But secondly, how do you mentally prepare for something like that? Why? Well, simply because it's there, because it's a challenge. Well, I haven't got a better reason than that, really. Um, but because it's hard and because it's a bit of a challenge, and that's what what I kind of fancied about it in terms of the challenge and and what prepares 
euphoric mentally. Um, I don't actually think anything really does, to be honest. Mr Murray might have a slightly different opinion on that one, because let's be honest, he runs like a Terminator and doesn't feel hills anyway. <laughs> it's, no, it's true, actually. It's um, it's inter- interesting when you look at the, all of these sort of long events. It is There's quite a lot of time um, with yourself, really. But the events themselves, when you, when you tend to do sort of extreme events, you sort of do sort of Ironman triathlons and things like that. The, the event is the kind of pinnacle. That's what you've trained for. That's the that's the easy bit, really, because um, you're there. There's There's a couple of hundred or you know other lunatics doing exactly the same thing mm-hmm. it's kind of it, it's show day that's that's the day you get to sort of talk to people who are equally equally as crazy as you are who have got the same things they don't get bored when you speak to them about i don't know some statistic of strava or something like that and you, and <laughs> and that's the event you know that's what you that's what you've trained for and it's all a bit it's a bit of fun it's a bit it's more carnival than anything else although obviously it it hurts in the same way but that the hard stuff is training for it so and how do you train for it though because obviously you don't just have your own 69 mile route in the back i know you can use no. treadmills and everything and is that what you used or is it did you do a practice 69 mile run yeah well not not the 69 mile runs but you we sort of generally follow training plans mm. where, where we were sort of it built, builds you up and you might be running a couple of runs a day so you might go out sort of do 10k on a morning before breakfast and then do 10k within 12 hours of that wow. in the evening and so on it just it builds it up and builds it up um so but there's a lot of times yeah, yeah there's a lot of time early mornings late nights couple of runs a day um and then obviously trying to avoid injury uh, and so on. So the, the, it's it's the training aspect of things that that that's hard because you know you're busy, you've got jobs, you've got families, and 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 so on, and you've got you've got to make sure you make time for them. Um, and then trying to fit everything in is the tough bit. So kind of the the, the reward at the end is actually making the start line of one of these things because the sort of the training loads can be very high, and the chances of getting injured are pretty high. Yeah. So you know, getting to the start line itself is quite an achievement. And then after that, you can... You yeah, can getting to the back. finish is a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Mr. Smith, how how do you, when you're actually um, doing the run itself, do you, what do you, do you break it up into doing a set distance for a run followed by a walk? Because obviously one of the things that's now sticking in my mind is that massive buildup of lactic acid that if you stop you, you you're not going to start again so how do you combat sort of doing yeah. the intervals i i in my mind i break these longer runs up into one hour segments and i i have a set kind of plan in my head for each uh, for each of those hours so if it's a, a generally flattish hours running depending on the landscape uh, i'll be looking to do six miles in that hour or, for instance, when we were running events in Wales in the Brecon Beacons in the mountains there, some of those mountains that we raced over, I was more than happy to do two miles an hour. I'm not surprised. Which, which was a different get of fish. So I, I kind of break the miles, the, the hours, the race into hourly segments. When it does come to stopping at a feeding station or, or you know, I'm never still. I'll still be pacing up and down or wandering, never sit down keep moving keep walking even if it's just walking around in circles 
because <laughs> I, I fully accept if I sit down and stop, that will be it. I won't get going again. What do you do to sort of stay engaged and motivated? Because listening to, if you, obviously, you say that you've got 24 hours to complete it. How long did it take you both to complete? When we did it, I think I finished it in, in 21 hours. What? How did you walk the next day? That was an interesting, that's an interesting because you can't. <laughs> you don't. Okay. <laughs> I was, we were hobbling around laughably, to be perfectly honest, to get the train back and, 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 uh, and someone can pick the car up. Yeah, that was quite painful. But it, but it is a case you, you, you can't stop. I remember the last um, stop on the wall, it was, it was jet black and it, we were, the next leg was all through the forest. So you couldn't see a thing at all. And I came up to to the last stop. You couldn't miss it because there's blue flashing lights all the way around it um, in, in in the tent. They had all the ambulances there because um, that was where things were going to go wrong. That was going to go wrong. Yeah. So, but when you got in there, you, it was a bit like SAS. Who dares wins? People were handing their numbers in and their timing chips, going, "I've had enough." And I walked <laughs> walked into the tent, and there was a there were two guys lying on the floor in sleeping bags with a drip. Oh my god! Attached to them. And, they were, and then they were sort of trying to look for people who looked reasonably healthy to pair other people up with so that no one was running on their own. It was it was really funny, actually. The organisers were amazing because people were in a bit of a state. But uh, but, yeah, it was quite memorable. Yeah. But that mentally going into a tent like that and seeing that you've probably got the devil and the angel on your shoulder. One's probably going, right, I'm not going to end up like this. I've come too far not to finish. Or you've got some going. I'm done. I, I completely agree with it. I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. How do you reach that tent and then get into your mind and go, no, I need to go and run another, what, four or five hours in pitch black? How do you, what goes through your head at that point? Because what do you do to stay engaged and sort of focused? Because obviously when I run, I have to listen to something. It has to be music. There is no phone or device that's going to last 21 hours straight yeah. with music going on. And you might want to turn it off and on, which is a bit fiddly, <laughs> I get. So how do you keep going? Yeah. It, it's tricky because I, I used to run with music, and, but I, I find myself just getting irritated by it, really. Um, you know, your earbuds fall out and all that kind of thing. It becomes another thing you've got to carry. So um, generally during the day and what have you I sort of look at the scenery and talk to people as you go past because you, you you do tend to find in any run short runs you know around a park run or a marathon or whatever you find people who are your pace and you can sort of um string a sentence together and sort of jog um and on a longer event you're not running as quickly as you are at a park run where you can't really sort of speak to anybody so, so much during the race on a longer race you can you can settle in for quite a few miles and and you pass different different people and in other words when we did um the one in the Brecon Beacons. I, I spent about eight miles jogging with a sniper from uh, from the army, which was, which was a great conversation. Yeah. And yeah. then he said, "You better go because I'm holding you up." Jogged off after that. So you meet some quite yeah. interesting people. Otherwise, there's also that um, sort of bloody mindedness, really, that that you started it and, and and you intend to finish it one way or the other, really. That is just sheer determination, though. Like. I mean, I'm quite a determined person, I think, really, in most things. But 
I don't think I'm that determined that well actually no I know I'm not that determined <laughs> that after even two hours maybe even an hour I don't think I would still be going yes come on Miss Clark keep running <laughs> keep going so I honestly to both of you I just take my hat off to you because I can't even imagine when you get to hour 12 how you even conceive the thought of there's still about 12 more hours of this and I'm just going to have to keep running I think that's amazing never mind hour 12 I'm thinking about half an hour in <laughs> yeah, um, no. now that that was 69 around the 69 mile mark that you were saying yeah. um, what's the longest you've been or is that the longest one yeah that was that, that was the longest one um as, as, as a non-stop that we've booked in for a 60 mile one this year which is going ahead thankfully and we're doing the 69 mile again so um so the, the the 60 mile one is race to the stone. So it goes past the finishes at the Avebury Stone Circle and sort of goes past Stonehenge and, and a, that sort of a, a Neolithic monuments route. Wow. And then we've got the wall again to, to complete. So thank, thankfully, all, all of those, we just got notification more or less that they're going to go ahead. So that, that's pretty cool. That's brilliant. So what what does an Iron Man involve, Mr. Murray? Um, it's. The, the first leg is a swim, so the swim, a cycle and a run. Um, right, okay, so like a triathlon. triathlon. It's a triathlon, yeah, it's yeah. just a big triathlon. So so that the swim generally in a lake or the sea is at 2.4 miles. So you sort of do, so just, and there's usually a couple of thousand people just all setting off at the same time on some of these events. So it's oh, a bit right. chaotic. Quite a lot then. <laughs> As you get punched a lot in the, while you're swimming and, and, and what have you, and people swimming or you swimming over people and what have you. So it's, it's a two, 2.4 mile swim. And then you get out of the water and you get on your bike and you cycle for 112 miles. And you, you have cutoff points. You've got to make the cutoff points. You can't just sort of dawdle around. You've got to, you've got to get on with it. And no then, dawdling. Come on, I know, yeah. <laughs> and then you get off that and you, you run a marathon after that. So you, so you do all three of those back to back and you've got to get it done in, 17 hours uh to do it so i think i think i did my... up for something mr murray like have you done something really awful in a past <laughs> life i feel like you've got to torture yourself now forevermore i know it just gets worse it's just if there's another if there's another event that just looks grueling and worth the effort you're I on the Dave list and i would probably sign up for it to be honest <laughs> oh. i remember hearing <laughs> no. miss mr brown's story of doing the marathon but this just goes above Enough and beyond but you've got to have some form of enjoyment from it which clearly you both do and you both enjoy which is amazing and I really hope that it just sort of inspires people to eventually just go and try these things and we do have quite a few students who are runners and they just enjoy running and they like running and I know I've come across a few um at Park Run last year now um and they just love running so it may be something that hopefully they are listening that they might engage with you and sort of get some ideas of where they can actually head because you, you sort of go well you can do five kilometers charity runs and 10 kilometer runs and you can do the odd marathon but this goes beyond that and I think our experiences which could be really once in a lifetime experience to try it and attempt it mm. um but I think what I think one of the things Mr Smith mentioned um to me earlier about doing his first marathon but that was over the age of 40 and I think that's a really inspiring thing as well is that you're never too old to try these things and I can imagine correct me if I'm wrong you probably there was probably people doing the runs that you're talking about who are much older than you 
Yeah, actually, that, that that's a really good point because you, when yeah. you get into these longer events, um, I think the age group tends to pop up to sort of 45, 50 and, and above, and and you, and, and particularly women actually, um, there seems to be that women become um, are the better endurance runners the older they get. So if you've got sort of a, you know, a, people in their 50s, you're looking at, at, at women absolutely smashing. There's um, still hope for me. There's, there's time for you yet, Miss Clark. So, I think I think yeah. you've got another one to add to your um to your list. You know your signing up sheet where you've got to sign names up. Miss Clark, <laughs> she's up for I'm it. Sorry, I'm, I'm just thinking about it now, and I'm thinking, <laughs> no way. <laughs> we'll we'll stand at different parts of the wall waving you on. Thank you very much uh, for sharing. It, it's I'm still just trying to get my head around all of that and. Just the fact that you you had a hospital at your school is just <laughs> <laughs> mind boggling. No, but I, I, I take my hat off. Like, been, Mr. Murray, was it a Hufflepuff? And <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was very similar. Oh God! Oh, we keep that. We'll save that one for another day. Um, another story. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do now, um, sort of just as we uh, finish off, um, one of the things we like to uh, do is ask certain questions. A little bit of a quiz. Uh, we've changed it for series two, and it's called Challenge Clark. So it's basically seeing if Miss Clark can beat any of our guests, really. So what I've done for today, um, there are five questions, and they are all names of different marathons of the locations but it doesn't tell you essentially the county or the town or the actual place where it is it's got a set name and oh, wow. um, it probably does um i would say in the name maybe really specific to that location but all i want you to do is tell me where you think the the location of the marathon is um if you get it right you get a point or the nearest person gets the point so um Mr. Smith hopefully can hear and he can respond. If you can't hear and can't respond, if you put it in the chat, Mr. Smith, then I can see and I'll I'll read out your answer. But the first one is something called Calderdale Hike. So where in the country in the UK do you think Calderdale Hike is? Oh god, that's gonna be um the Calderdale Hike. Now if you know where Calderdale is, then you're probably gonna get it, but I don't think you do. Well, so, is that the Peak District way? West Yorkshire. Yeah. West Yorkshire from Mr. Smith. So Peak, Peak District. District. I'm going to go the Yorkshire Dales just because it says Dales. Ooh, I think I'll probably go with Mr. Smith on this because it's it's actually in Halifax. Uh, and I think Halifax oh, is Halifax classed as West Yorkshire, Mr. Smith. Or is it one of the ridings? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but I think the I think I'll give it to him as being sort of the closest on that one. Um, the the next one is lady bower trail oh well lady bower reservoir that's where the dam busters practiced for the war <laughs> so where do you think that is the lady bower trail i'll put it so you can read it it's the uk yes the uh, lady, maybe lady bower but i think it's lady bower by a lady bower reservoir funnily enough i used to take kids duke of edinburgh camping all around oh there. so you should have this then mr murray <laughs> i've got to remember the name of it. <laughs> i'm gonna go northern ireland it's not Northern Ireland. I'm just Love. picking a different place in the UK. West Wales, South Wales. South Wales from Mr. Smith. And oh, Mr. Murray, what are you going for? Oh, I'm, gonna I, I'm, te I'm terrible on this now. It's that long since I've been Lady Bear Reservoir. That is um, oh, the, it, that is the Peak District. Now, 
Peak, that is the Peak District area. I'll give it you. It's Sheffield. Yeah. It's Sheffield area. I'll give you that because that is well, the closest out of out of everybody. Um, so one for Mr. Smith, one for Mr. Murray. Come on, Miss Clark, you need to get involved. Um, <laughs> Buell Water Marathon is the third one. Buell, and that is spelt B-E-W-L. The spelling Buell. Does- Help. Water <laughs> marathon. What is this? <laughs> it might be Bull, but I think it's Buell. Buell water marathon. Buell. Oh goodness. Um, it's the UK, Miss Clark. Don't worry, it's the UK. So you can yeah, tell me. The regional. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, goodness. That's got to be down south a little bit, hasn't it? Okay, I'm going to go with Brighton. Brighton. Interesting. Uh, down Dartmoor way. Dartmoor. Devon. Devon from Mr. Smith. Mr. Yeah. Murray Dartmoor. I'm trying to think whereabouts. Yeah, southwest. He's answer. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're all wrong. It's Kent. Oh. Other so, side. Other side. Right. I'm afraid. So oh, no, no one for that one. And um, the <laughs> next one, I love the sound of this, and I really want you to actually take part of this one. It's called the Rocket Race Apollo. How amazing does that sound? Um, Where do you think in the in It's a marathon. The, it is a marathon, yeah. It's, it's a marathon. Rocket, is rocket that man rocket. versus horse? I don't know. I, I can find that. Uh, whilst you're hazarding a guess, I can potentially see some great names. There's one called the Bunny Hop near Birmingham. Um, I was actually just going to say Birmingham. Okay. It's not that one. I'm going to go... say it's named after Stevenson Rocket, so it's probably up around Darlington area, somewhere between okay. there. See, I like, I like the thinking. Stockton. Stockton. Stockton so you're going Darlington for Railway. what, Stockton, Stockton on Tees, so you're going for the sort of North Yorkshire into Middlesbrough. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go, oh my Lord, this is so embarrassing of my geography. Um, I'm going to go Coventry. Why not? <laughs> Coventry. Yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to, you're nowhere near it, Miss Clark. It's, what? But Good job. You are, However, out compared to the other two who've said the northeast, you are the closest because it's actually in Somerset. So I'll give really? you the point. I'll give you the point. So at the moment it's one all. So this one, and you've got to think carefully about this, and I think it's gonna end up being a draw because you're probably all gonna get this one. But I'm gonna try it. This one is called the Chilton Trails. Sorry, the Chilton's Trail. Oh, the Chilton's. The Chilton's Trail. Was that Bedfordshire around there? Okay, so Mr. Smith's gone tring. Mm. I don't know, obviously, because I don't know any of these. So (laughs) I'm going to go with... um, I know the mountain range, but I'm trying to think of a town on the mountain range. On the Chilterns. I'm going to go Bedford. Bedford from Miss yeah, Clark. That's why I said Bedford. Bedford. Sorry, sorry. And um, Mr. Smith has got it spot on. It is in Tring. Oh, well Such done, Mr. Smith. Area. Well done. He's got it. So he he wins. So Mr. Smith. Good job, teacher. So Mr. Smith has two points. Mr. Murray and Miss Clark have one apiece, and that is the oh, end God. of challenge. Clark and Mr. Smith, you defeated Miss. Clark so well done and um, thank you very much to both of you for joining us I know we've had a few technical um, issues along the way and hopefully um, it does sound all okay but thank you very much for joining the happy people podcast it's really interesting to hear from 
like I said, not PE teachers, but just what everyone else in the school gets up to because we've got such a diverse, sporty and active uh, staff team and it's great to hear what everyone gets up to and I don't think obviously I know you mentioned Mr Nyker and I know um, the other Mr Smith as well he does um, running and you're all part of a little team which is great and please keep in touch to let us know if you are gonna when you're going to do these other runs because it'd be great to have an update on how those runs went as well but thank you very much for joining us um, and yeah we will see you all soon so thank you. Thank you very much been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> well miss clark how that that was just that was something else actually wasn't it i'm just completely i just thinking about running for 69 miles which I, i'm trying to put into practice in my head the, the distance from even just from home it's like from running from where i am in biggleswade beyond london oh just... yeah easily it must be and i because like when you say 69 miles i don't immediately think that that's going to take a day that doesn't that doesn't really like compute in your head and then you when yeah. they say like oh and that's going to be about 21 hours i'm like what that is crazy we're just running for that length of time like, like i know mr smith mentioned stamina but the mental side of it and the 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 general approach and like you said after how are you meant to feel after it's just it just i can't compute it but very inspiring very uh sort of interesting i don't know i don't know how they keep their legs moving yeah i completely agree so that's the end of another podcast and um, hopefully we will be able to have someone for next week it is going to be a little bit crazy next week with returning to school but we should have someone available um to join us so um yeah no thank you again for joining me miss clark anytime um, i've really um, enjoyed it again yeah, hope everyone stays safe and well yeah we will see some students soon which is great i've been saying that for weeks but hopefully we will actually see you soon so take yeah, care I can't and wait. we will see you next Thank you.